This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, April 13th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing today? Doing great, guys. It's uh, our Monday, but it is Tuesday. Um, the internet is fixed from last week. Should be a smooth show. We knock on the old wood just in case, but... Uh, yeah, man, it was good. How was your weekend? You know, it was good. Uh, got to the movies, had a chance to relax a little bit, uh, caught up on a few things on TV. So uh, just what I look for in a weekend. So uh, I'm glad that uh, we got your internet issues figured out. The technician said that they found some leakage. Anytime there's leakage, there's always an issue, especially if it's... Yeah, uh... <laughs> I just going to say, even in the world of technology, they say leakage, it's a bad thing. So. Exactly. Well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host. Tony, say you were a 10-year-old boy now in this day and age. It's about okay. 9.30 at night, your parents are asleep, and you're craving a box of Cheerios. What do you do? Hmm. Well... I'm going to try to be as quiet as possible and go pour me the, them Cheerios, man. Oh, what if what if you don't have Cheerios? Okay. Like, I don't have Cheerios at all? You don't. Not at home. Uh, I guess as a 10-year-old boy, can't really sneak out of the house and stuff, so I would just eat whatever cereal I had. All right. All right. That but would be... I'm not, like, I was never an adventurous to be like, well, let me go down to the grocery store and uh, go buy... Uh, some Cheerios because I mean if I left the house that late at night I'd probably get in trouble so. <laughs> yeah and that sounds about reasonable you know if you really wanted to be kind of sneaky maybe you could sneak onto your parents Instacart app and order it and have somebody deliver it well that's not the case Ooh, here yeah. that didn't exist back then but exactly you're right I didn't I didn't my mindset couldn't think like for today's standards to do that <laughs> well an ambitious Stillwater boy got himself into a bit of trouble Sunday night after taking his family's van to pick up some cereal while his parents were sleeping. Stillwater police said an officer was on route uh, on routine patrol at 9.38 p.m. Sunday when he saw a tan Chrysler minivan headed south on 2nd Street. The officer turned uh, turned to drive past the van, seeing it stop in the middle of the street and saw a 10-year-old boy sitting in the driver's seat. 
The officer turned around and activated his squad's emergency lights, but the van continued southbound, blowing through a stop sign before turning right onto Chestnut Street and then right onto 3rd. The van then rapidly accelerated, going around 50 miles per hour, according to the officer, who discontinued his pursuit for safety reasons, but continued tracking the van. Eventually, the van went through an intersection in reverse and went up an embankment into the front yard of a residence on 3rd Street. The officer then pulled in front of the van and blocked it with his squad car. The officer then told the boy to unlock the van and promptly placed him in the back seat of his squad car. That's when the boy told the officer his dad wanted him to have cereal before going to school in the morning, so he sent the boy to buy Cheerios at the store. The officer, Oof. thinking it was unusual, asked the boy if his father was intoxicated, and the boy confirmed that to be the case. However, when the officer took the boy home, the officer found the boy's parents had been sleeping and there were no signs of intoxication. The boy then admitted he just left home without his parents' knowledge to go to the store. The parents reported some minor damage to the side of the van, but no injuries were reported. So uh, ambitious is one way to put it for this kid. Uh, A flat-out liar would be another way. Yeah, it would have just been better to say I wanted some cereal so I left. I think that would have saved him a little more uh, heat when he got home with his parents because uh, that's definitely if it was the old days I don't know what they do to kids nowadays but that would be a grounding for sure. That would be a oh, ass yeah. whooping and a grounding for sure. Yeah, These days probably not so much the ass whooping but definitely the grounding. Um, yeah. But at the same time if <clears throat> cops told or if my kid told the cops that I was drunk and sent him out, oh, I would be, I would be angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'd be that. You need to have, uh, you need to tell the truth, and you need to have better morals, bud. Exactly. Uh, you can't, you can't do that for sure. So, <laughs> well, speaking of better morals, we've got some pretty good morals on here on the show, and that's why we have a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? This is Taco Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday, and as we do on Tuesdays, we have Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. We have a segment called Adaptation. Our call-in topic today is You Fired. We have a segment called Truth in Advertising. We round out the day with This Day in History, and Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you stole your parents' car at 10 to go buy some Cheerios. We want to find out about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning. It is Monday, April 13th, and here is your Phoenix Fast Five. Well, it's a little Fast Five. <laughs> Starts with an F. We'll go with, well, yeah, we'll go with the Phoenix Fast Five. Uh, <clears throat> nothing less than a giant rapper DMX did pass away over the weekend at age 50. On Friday, we said he was in grave. Things weren't looking good, and unfortunately, he passed away later that day. So... Uh, rest in peace, DMX. Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song welcome their first child, Dakota. The actors met on this film set in Thailand a few years ago and have decided to name their firstborn after Culkin's sister, Dakota, who passed away in 2008. So that's a good tribute. Yeah. Congrats to them on having a baby. <clears throat> Michael Sarah joins Amy Schumer in a Hulu comedy called Life and Beth. Patriots... Uh, have announced that uh, Julian Edelman, uh, who failed a physical, um, retires at age 34. I'm sure later this month we'll probably see like Edelman unretires and joins the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. <laughs> the yeah. Tampa Bay Patriots. Gotta see that happen. Uh, Evander Holyfield is set for an exhibition against Kevin McBride as the co-main event to Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambasos Jr. on June 5th. So, I guess maybe he's getting prepped for that Holyfield Tyson three fight. I was going to say I thought that was coming up next, but oh well. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, that's what I thought too. I thought it was coming up in May, like I thought that was reported, but you know, who knows? I don't follow boxing enough other than if it's Holyfield or Tyson. I think those are the only time they ever really make the uh, the the Filippo fast fight. You're not all excited for like, the uh, Logan Paul fight. Uh no no I I you know up until recently I hadn't heard of that guy but that guy has been all over he's been at uh, he punched that one guy so what he's he's getting into a fight and he was at WrestleMania yeah yeah, yeah. he needs to go lame away. <laughs> yeah he's I, like what has that guy done is he one of those YouTubers like exactly like all those million YouTuber birthdays I pass over yep he's one of those to pluck? Oh, okay cool beans um we're gonna go into the entertainment news with our weekend box office report the towering titans of the monsterverse once again reign supreme at the box office this weekend as godzilla versus kong remain in first place with an estimated 13.3 million the pg-13 creature conflict fell by 58 percent from last weekend's three-day figure well three day versus two day there you go putting the warner brothers release at a 12-day domestic total of 69.5 million to easily make it north the highest north american box office gross of the pandemic period nice so that's pretty dang good yeah godzilla king of the monsters and skull island sequel 
uh, from director Adam Wingard um, also knocked in an additional 288.3 out of international crowds for a worldwide total of 357.8 million on a reported $200 million cost. That's just great news. That's, uh, you know, this weekend I got caught up. I didn't go do the movies like you did, but I did watch uh, Kong Skull Island and last night I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. Both good movies. I enjoyed them. Yeah. So now I can go see Godzilla versus Kong and understand kind of what's going on, at least the characters that are in that flick. So Exactly. You have a little bit better understanding than if you went in without having seen those other two. Yeah, well, I'm glad I watched the other two. I don't know why I never watched them. They were actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, good to watch. Uh, but yeah, I liked King of Monsters. That was good. Um, stepping into the second place was a movie you saw this weekend, Chris, and that's the Bob Odenkirk action thriller Nobody with $2.6 on its third weekend. Universal's R-rated revenge movie, which will be hitting video on demand this Friday, has a domestic total of 15.6 million and 28.7 million worldwide on a reported cost of 16 million so um i feel like it's done pretty good um for what it was supposed to do in the box office what did you think of the movie uh since you happened to actually go and see that you know i enjoyed the hell out of it it had very much a uh, john wick vibe to it so if you enjoy the john wick movies you'll enjoy this uh his dog wasn't murdered so it wasn't revenge in that uh, sense but he did gain a cat so uh you know take it as you will but uh, they didn't do a whole lot of marketing for it so the fact that it's more than made back its budget i think they're more than happy yeah, well, that's good. I definitely want to see it, especially after you told me about it uh, on uh, the Proton Pack when you discussed it. It was definitely cool to hear, so I thought like, it'd be great for our audience to know how that movie was. And it's interesting um, to right. see Bob Odenkirk in a role like that. You know, you're used to him as sort of like the slimy lawyer in Better Call Saul and, you know, more of a funny thing. But, you know, him being sort of a, a badass, you're not used to seeing it, but he does it pretty well. That's awesome. I look forward to seeing that. Let's see if there's other movies that you guys want to see, because rounding out the top ten, um, you had number three, The Unholy, starring Negan. That that total is up to 6.7. Raya and the Last Dragon is up to 35.2 at number four. Voyagers uh, is a Colin Farrell movie that you and I had no idea what that was. It debuted with 1.35 million. Tom and Jerry, which uh, has... You know, as much as I don't want to see that movie, I got to give it the props. It, it brought in 1.1 1. 1, uh, 1 million, uh, bringing its total to 41.1, which is respectable. It's the second uh, largest out there. Uh, the Girl Who Believes in Miracles, um, its total is 1.3. The Courier, 4.9. Vakil Saab, the movie that Christian and I cannot wait to review <laughs> at some point, brought in point. Four million chaos walking with Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland is number ten, uh, bringing in two point six five and its total to twelve point six. It is now on video on demand. And next week we have a new challenger in Mortal Kombat. I got a feeling we're gonna have a new number one movie. Just fatality, definitely. Which that movie looks awesome. I can't wait to see that. Uh, it looks like so much fun, especially compared to the you know nineteen ninety five ninety seven movies. This just looks, I mean, R-rated. A Mortal Kombat movie that R we want to see. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, a little movie news here. Shazam 2. Um, yeah, well, Shazam 2 we know is coming. Uh, Lucy Liu has officially joined the cast as 
the cast of Shazam! Fury of the Gods, the highly anticipated sequel to 2019's Shazam! Lou will play the villainous Calypso, the daughter of Atlas and the sister of Helen Mirren's Hespera. Lou is joining Zachary Levi, who's reprising his title role, as well as a new cast members, Rachel Ziegler and Mirren. The nature of Ziegler's role is unknown at this time. David Sandberg is directing the sequel and the screenplay by Henry Gaiden. The sequel will continue the story of teenage Billy Batson, who, upon reciting the magic word Shazam, is struck by the living lightning of the gods and transformed into his adult superhero alter ego, Shazam. This, let's play a drinking game. How many times will I say that? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, so that should be good. It's good to see that Lucy Liu's still doing movies. Great actress. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know Helen Mirren uh, was uh, joining the uh, cast, but there's another big one. So it should be. it's shaping up to be good. The first one was a lot of fun. What say you? Yeah, you know, the first one was sort of a departure to what we expect from the DC movies, sort of dark and brooding. Uh, you know, it was fun, lighthearted, hilarious, and uh, I just expect more of the same with this one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we know, like, with this whole box office, everything's been shifted. I, we report almost like every week there's some type of shift or something's going up. Well, this episode wouldn't be complete if I didn't have a few of those for you. Right. Um, we can tell you uh, first that Top Gun Maverick is going to no longer be coming out July 2nd this year as it's taking flight back to November 19th, which will push Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 7 all the way to May 27th, which replaces Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 8 to July 7th, 2023. So a little Tom Cruise shuffling there. Disappointed that Maverick's been pushed back so far. I would have liked to maybe have seen that move up to the May slot. Uh, doesn't seem like there's a lot of big movies in May. I think Top Gun and Ghostbusters would have been perfect oh, from yeah. a November. Like, if you would have taken those, instead of pushing those till November, push those to May. Let's get this summer movie season kicking off with two just badass movies we were expecting last year. But it's not what's happening. That's just me fanboying, wishing it would go that way. But nonetheless, <laughs> still coming this year. Both those movies will be out in November. Um, Bloomhouse's The Forever Purge is moving up to July 2nd from its July 9th slot because uh, it was going up against uh, Black Widow, which just straight was going to <laughs> forever Destroy purge that it. movie. Exactly. Yeah, so, so it's moving up one week. Peter Rabbit to The Runaway. Um, does not want to go up against the Forever Purge. So it's moving up to June 18th. Why is that a summer movie? I just, I don't, I don't get well, that one. I, you know, I, I don't see a lot of cross-pollination between the audiences for Forever Purge and Peter <laughs> Rabbit too. So I think it would be okay if they went up against each other. Yeah, I think you'd be fine. Snake Eye G.I. Joe Origins is going from October 22nd to the 23rd. Jackass is going from September 3rd to October 22nd. An untitled Bee Gees movie will now open November 4th, 2022. Didn't know that was happening. Uh, And then so forth. But we do know that uh, uh, Free Guy is going to come out in July as well as The Jungle Cruise. So uh, no needs to uh, be heard on that. And that's going to be it on your entertainment news because we have like 56 seconds before the end of this segment. So let's just roll on to the birthdays. I'll save the other stories for tomorrow. MLB outfielder who was a member of the 2012 and 2014 world champion San Francisco Giants, Hunter Pence is 37. 
He became known, known for playing a menacing demon in Hellboy and playing biker Clay in FX's Sons of Anarchy. Ron Perlman is 70. Do you know that guy used to get bullied? <laughs> really? Like, he looks like he'd be the bully. He looks right. like he'd be the guy, you know? Uh, this one uh, it will be fun to do. It's been a while since I was on the outside with my mud shovel. I just wish I would break the cycle of dysfunction because this is it. I just wish I was back home. American musician, best known as the lead singer and guitarist for Stained, Aaron Lewis is 49. I say you get a bunch of Stained references in there. He played the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, came back Melvin Free for part three. Um, <laughs> uh, where did he go? William Sadler is 70. I had that in there twice in a space. That kind of <laughs> threw me off, Mr. Ron Burgundy. Uh, and that was it for the birthdays uh, today. Just very limited birthdays, so it all worked out well. Happy birthday. Nothing wrong with that, folks. That does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, we've got Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Don't don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at Facebook.com forward slash Tony dot San That's S A N F I L I P P O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony dot San eighty one. Now, being that it is Tuesday, we like to run down animal tales, fun stories about animals, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, Rough Riders is a local 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the transport of dogs from the rural shelters where they may not have a chance, bringing them here into the more metro area here in northern Nevada, Reno. Work with other shelters and uh, rescue organizations to find them homes, give them a second chance at life. If you want more information, head over to roughwriters.org. That's R-U-F-F-Writers.org. Or on Insta- uh, sorry, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash roughwriterssaves. With that being said, let's roll on into Animal Tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey prays and the pony names, the old great badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's a one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to-do and the old cow just goes moo. The cow says moo. The cow! Say moo. Kicking off Animal Tales, let's start with one that, uh, boy, I found quite strange. In Cincinnati, police in Price Hill have been on the search for furry fugitives after multiple calls of monkeys on the loose came into dispatch. For hours, I was just shook because that's not something you see every day, Sammy Trin said. Trin said she saw at least five monkeys across from her home near St. Joseph's Cemetery on West 8th Street. That's why we instantly pulled out cameras, because it doesn't even sound believable, Lucky Griffith said. 
Griffith and Trin recorded a video of what they saw. They said the video was recorded at about 10 p.m. Wednesday and is grainy. Trent said the video shows three monkeys in a tree, but that there are two more on the ground that can't be seen in the video. Another woman also said she saw one of the monkeys. I was right here and it was standing over by the garbage can, the woman said. Its arms were real long, like hanging down, and its arms were really skinny. The Cincinnati Zoo said none of their monkeys were missing. Police did not spot any of the monkeys leaving the monkey mystery open Thursday afternoon. One woman said she came out uh, to get her cat and took pictures. I thought the monkeys, uh, the monkeys were gone. I started making jokes showing my mom. My mom thought I was crazy. I said, look, there's a monkey out here. Then I heard it making noises, not ooh-ooh-ah-ah stuff, but grunts. So I didn't know what it was, Alicia Tucker said. I just stood there as my eyes adjusted to pitch blackness, and that is when I saw it. Just standing there, taller than the garbage can, and its arms were real long, hanging down, and really skinny. Officials with the Cincinnati Zoo say if monkeys are, in fact, on the loose, they didn't come from the zoo. We've received lots of inquiries and want to make sure people know that all primates being cared for at the Cincinnati Zoo are here and never left, zoo officials said. The police uh, received reports from private citizens that they saw monkeys in the Price Hill area late last night, but they have not been able to find any. Any questions or information should be directed to the Cincinnati Police Department. My only question is, who started playing Jumanji? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, the answer is 2020. <laughs> right? I mean, it goes goes to figure You're that. You're Jumanji? Yeah. You know, monkeys are running loose. They don't belong to the zoo. A couple kids came across a board playing some drums, and of course, uh, you know, now there's going to be rhinos and ostriches, and it's it's just going to be pure chaos. It's going to be chaos. You better call The Rock and Kevin Hart. Exactly. But you know what? They have to finish the game in order for it to stop. So it's just this the way it goes. <laughs> Let's roll on with our next story in Animal Tales. An Ottawa woman is hugging her dog extra tight after the pup rescued her during a sudden medical emergency. Haley Moore was walking her dog Clover through her neighborhood in Sitzville, Ottawa, one morning last week when she passed out and began seizing. All I remember is waking up in the ambulance and being really confused, just like what is going on, Haley told the news outlet. A neighbor's security footage obtained by CTV shows Haley collapsing on the side of the road and Clover immediately jumping into action. In the video, the pup jumped into the middle of the road and flagged down Dryden Ote, who was driving his van down the street. He quickly exited his vehicle to assist Haley under Clover's watchful eye. It was really impressive. The dog actually blocked my way. She kind of backed into the road to block my truck, Oatway, uh, Oatway? Oatway? Oatway, Oatway, Oatway. Every time I say it, I, it makes me think of uh, uh, Little Rascals. Oatway, Oatway, Oatway. Told CTV, adding, the whole time she was backing down the street, she had eyes on Haley, didn't look away from her, she kept her distance from me, but made sure her owner was okay, and that was amazing. Not long after, okay. Clover was able to track down another passerby to help. You could uh, tell she didn't want to leave her even when we were with her, but I think it just came to her that she was like, I need to go home to let them know she needs help. Danielle Pylon, who stopped to offer a hand, told CTV. Clover then went to track down the rest of Haley's family to alert them of the situation. When Haley's parents arrived, she was being treated by paramedics. So uh, just a, a wonderful story of a dog that, uh, you know, did what it had to do, wasn't prompted, um, 
but essentially stopped a car, flagged somebody down, got them over to uh, you know their owner who was having a seizure and may otherwise uh, not be with us if uh, the dog didn't move into action. Well, that's a good dog for sure right there. Um, I, I got confused in the story. I got a little distracted with a lot of the Otes, but overall, I mean, dogs are just awesome. Like... They, they can sense when you're having issues, anything like that. and Just, just good animals. Yeah. I dare you to find a cat that'll do that, right? Mm, it'd be tough. I'm sure there are. There are some good cats, though. <laughs> Surprisingly. Not but, a but a dog more likely than a cat. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to our final story in Animal Tales. <laughs> kind of animal is that? All right. That's a little chewy. <laughs> Several years after a series of giant transparent jelly-like blobs were found hovering in the ocean off the coast, <coughs> excuse me, coast of Norway, scientists have finally figured out what they are. The meter-wide blobs drift midway between the ocean floor and the surface and save for the black streaking through the center were completely featureless. But thanks to DNA testing, scientists have figured out the blob is not merely alive, but hundreds of thousands of living things. The blobs are sacs containing countless numbers of tiny eggs belonging to a relatively common squid called Ilex coindeti, or the broad-tail shortfin squid. The blob itself is far bigger than the squid that made it. <laughs> <laughs> the female squid makes the sack out of its own mucus, and by the time the flimsy sphere has disintegrated, the baby squid are ready to be born. The findings were published last week in Scientific Reports. Scientists theorize the dark streak through the middle of the wobbly orb is ink from the mother squid injected during the reproduction cycle. They also believe the ink could be used as a way of deterring curious potential predators. Spheres with or without ink may be a result of spheres being at different maturity stages where spheres with ink are freshly spawned, the study read. After a while, when embryos start developing, the whole sphere, including the streak, will start to disintegrate. The broad-tailed shortfin squid can grow up to 30 centimeters in length and is found in the North Atlantic, Mediterranean, the Gulf of Mexico, and off the coast of Suriname, Venezuela, and Nambia. Its numbers Nambia. are are on the rise in the North Sea off the coast of Norway with overfishing in the region allowing it to flourish with fewer predators. And I'm going to post all of these on our Facebook page, but these gelatinous sacks are massive. There's pictures of uh, scuba divers right next to it, and these orbs are almost as big as the scuba divers. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the ocean's full of so much weird things, you know, like... It's one of those, I love being on the ocean, I love to put my feet in it, but as far as getting like deep into it, not so much. Like I, I was reading a thing that they think like octopus and squid and stuff are some type of form of alien. Really? Like when you think about it, you're kind of like, you think of all the alien type movies where they like suck your face and they, you know, they go scrambling. They do look a little octopus and a little squid-like, so... Yeah, I was a legit site read that they think that they were put like it could be like a foreign thing. I, you have to you have to believe in the aliens and all that crap for that to really justify and right. make sense. But when you think about it, 
it doesn't seem that far off because they are really weird and unique creatures. So yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, watching movies, the aliens that people make up in their minds for these movies are sometimes not nearly as weird as the creatures that are in our own oceans or even roaming yeah. on land. So uh, yeah, like that whole time, I was thinking with that blob moving around, I go like, is that an alien thing moving through the water? It's weird. <laughs> Luckily, it's not. But uh, folks, that does it for Animal Tales on this Tuesday. When we come back, we've got adaptation. So don't go anywhere. Find out exactly what that means. We'll see you guys in just a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. We made it to the final segment of the first hour this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But do not fret. There is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our call-in topic of You Fired. Now in this, uh, nope, I missed the announcement. Uh, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to get or want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Amazon, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, in this segment that I've titled Adaptation, comes actually from uh, the other day, was scrolling through, came across Ready Player One, and uh, the movie, not the book, but it actually plays in perfectly into what we're going to be talking about, because there is a section in that movie where the clue is a creator who hated his own creation. Of course, they were talking about Stanley Kubrick and the movie adaptation of The Shining, and you talk to a lot of people, and uh, you know, you ask them if they like the book or the movie better. More often than not, they'll say the book because it goes a little more in depth or the movie has changed so many things. So what we're going to be running down is a series of uh, authors who were very, uh, well, disappointed with the adaptations of their books. So uh, let's go ahead and start off with this one. Disappointed! P.L. Travers, the author of Mary Poppins, of course, uh, the book came out in 1934. Uh, the first one did. It was eight books published between 1934 and 1988. The movie came out in 1964. Well, Travers and Walt Disney, who was determined to adapt her books after promising his daughters he would, had such a contentious working relationship that a whole other movie was made about it in 2013, Saving Mr. Banks. Despite her attempt to keep an iron grip on the film's direction, Travers ultimately despised the animated sequences and the way the movie watered down the more disciplinarian side of Poppins. The author despised it so much, she wept through the entire premiere. Boy, you really have to hate a movie if you're crying mm. through the Yikes! Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's not good because that wasn't a. It wasn't a bad movie. I remember watching it as a kid. It's a classic. Well, and that's the thing. You know, a lot of people have fond memories of the movie classic, but it was, I guess, but, far different than the book. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I mean, and then if you put yourself in her shoes, I mean, that's not the vision she had. That would be like Disney, like basically took your idea, or in this scenario, Disney 
took your idea and your creation and stuff, but told their own story for their own gain and left yours just kind of over there. Like, exactly. yeah, it's great. You created that character, but this is what we're doing with this character. Yeah, and, you know, she sold the rights, so they can do what they want to, unfortunately. Well, let's keep moving on. We're talking authors who hated their film adaptations. Disappointed! For instance, uh, Rick Reardon, who was the author of the Percy Jackson series, five books published between 2005 and 2009. And, of course, you had two movies, The Lightning Thief, that came out in 2010, and Sea of Monsters in 2013. Reardon has been open about his disappointment in the film adaptations of his work, so have the fans. Though he's never actually watched the movies, he read the scripts, and apparently that was more than enough. In 2018, Reardon released the letters he wrote to the filmmakers during development, laying out his concerns and disappointments. Among them, the decision to age up the characters to the late teens, it kills any possibility of a movie franchise, and straight-up bad writing, the script has, uh, as a whole is terrible. Hopefully, the upcoming Disney Plus adaptation writes these wrongs. Now, I didn't realize that there was a Disney Plus adaptation, but if they know it's good for them, they'd get Rick Reardon involved and, you know, do what they can to to make it right. Yeah, don't you think they would add, like, they kind of get with the author and kind of see what their vision was so they could kind of build around? Because Friday chimed in while you were reading that. She said... Uh, the author for Mary Poppins, <clears throat> the big thing there is they didn't want any animation or singing, um, obviously, and that was a big tie-in for that. But then again, if you're at the time with Disney, that was your bread and butter. You had to have some animation. You had to have some singing. That was yeah. just the way it was. Well, not only that, but back then, they would buy the rights and could do whatever they want with it. Now they're starting to get the authors more involved. For instance, uh, you know, we were talking Ready Player One. Um, Ernst Klein, he was directly involved in the writing of that movie. Had to make changes based on what uh, rights Warner Brothers had, but uh, he was happy with it because of the fact that he was involved. Uh, spe yeah. Speaking of Ready Player One and moving on with authors who uh, hated the film adaptations. Disappointed! The example I gave here at the beginning was The Shining, so uh, obviously uh, written by Stephen King in 1977. The movie came out in 1980. Well, despite the fact that Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is considered a spooky classic, the king of horror himself was not impressed. He thought the character arc of protagonist Jack Torrance was lacking, and once said that Wendy is one of the most misogynistic characters ever put on film. Luckily, King has had plenty of opportunities to enjoy other adaptations of his work. As of 2019, around 50 King movies were either uh, already released or in production, and he got a chance to right the wrong a little bit with the sequel to that in Dr. Sleep, which just came out, I want to say, two years ago. Yeah, it has been about two years since that came out. I still have not seen that one. Really? Uh, I never watched it. I wanted to. It's on HBO Max. Check it out. It's, it's fun. Well, I'll have to add it to my eventual list. <laughs> well, let's keep rolling on. We're talking authors who hated the film adaptations. Disappointed! Here's one uh, I never knew about. Roald Dahl, who wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah, and James and the Giant Peach, right? Exactly. And, of course, you had the movie that came out, uh, Willy Wonka and the Ch Chocolate Factory, in 1971. Well, Roald Dahl is actually the credited screenwriter on the movie, but despite that rare level of creative control, he was still dissatisfied with the final product. He thought Gene Wilder was miscast as the eccentric candy tycoon, and he took offense to some of the small changes made to his script. Um, I still say it's a classic. I, I love Gene oh, Wilder's yeah. performance. Um, 
that's one where my guess is that uh, he was more upset with the small changes than um, you know anything else. Yeah, and Friday Chinaman said he hated what they did to that movie. I thought it was great. I could see like if he watched the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, which I personally liked. But <laughs> I, I hated could see, that one. I could see, I could see the, I could see the you know the author hating that one. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I never read the book, so I don't know the big differences. I thought Gene Wilder did a fantastic job um, in that role. I... Kind of came off as a pretentious Charlie or uh, Willy Wonka. You, you know, he's kind of like he was kind of nice, but he was overall kind of a dick. Right. You know. Well, I guess yeah. when you run a candy empire, you you can afford to be. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, moving on with authors who hated their film adaptations. Disappointed! Boy, another Stanley Kubrick one here on the list. Uh, Anthony Burgess, who wrote A Clockwork Orange, published in 1962. Of course, the movie came out in 1971. Kubrick cannot keep these writers happy. Though Burgess was reportedly initially pleased with the adaptation of his dystopian classic, that good first impression didn't last. Burgess took issue with the director's decision to remove the 21st and final chapter of the book from the plot of the film. Until 1986, American editions didn't include the 21st chapter. Out of fear, audiences wouldn't be convinced of the ultraviolet uh, violent protagonist's redemption. He was also displeased with how little money he made from the adaptation. The author developed such a contentious view of Kubrick that in the stage adaptation he published in 1987, a man bearded like Stan- Stanley Kubrick is kicked off stage. Boy, he hated it so much he even kicked off a character that looked like him uh, in the play. Wow. That's crazy. I actually never saw Clockwork Orange either. Um, I know the main character, what he looks like and everything. You can see them again. They're in Space Jam. <laughs> Which is a weird place Legacy. to put those characters. Yeah. 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 They're in there. They're in the crowd. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. If they hated it that much, you know, especially when you, a lot of these ones you're doing are a lot of the older ones. So that was probably before they had creative control and rights. Uh like Friday had let me know J.K. Rawlings, she had a direct hand in the Harry Potter with Universal, which exactly. is why those were so successful and so good is because she had her vision and everything. And I'd say that played out pretty well. But this is stuff that apparently didn't play out very well. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I found like these movies you're using are very, inter- you know, the ones I have seen were actually pretty good. So... Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, the authors got paid for it, so they can't complain too much. But at the same time, yeah, you know, it's hard to see your your creation bastardized, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Well, let's move on talking authors who hated their film adaptations. Disappointed! This one I'm surprised by. E.B. White, author of Charlotte's Web, uh, published in 1952. Of course, the animated movie came out in 1973. White won some battles with the team behind the Hanna-Barbera cartoon production, including insisting that they keep Charlotte's death in the film, despite fears that it was way too dark for a young audience. Regardless, White and his wife both hated the finished product, referring to it in private letters as a travesty. So, uh, you know, even in animation, you know, you you can't get that true adaptation. But you think about it, a hour and a half movie versus a 200, 300 page book, you're not going to get everything in there. 
No, it's going to be shrunken down. As a kid, I didn't find the, the Charlotte scene to be that devastating when she died. No, I didn't she either. Did, she did her thing. It explained why she was going to die. It's like she well, it didn't come as a surprise. Like she told Wilbur, I'm going to die. Like this is the, the circle of life. And he's like, no, Charlotte, no. <laughs> I'm a radiant pig. And. I've I've seen that cartoon a few times. I can tell. Well, folks, that does it for the first hour of the show. We're headed into our long break, so go grab yourself a cup of tea, use the bathroom, listen to the news, and when we come back, we've got our call-in topic of you fired. When were you hilariously or brutally fired? We want to know about it. So don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in about seven minutes. Seven. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. second hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, April 13th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, are you ready for the fastest hour of the day? I sure am, buddy. I'm ready to roll. Right on. Still doing good. Uh, getting good reports that the no glitchy, no blurry, so that's good. All good, all smooth, no more leakage all you can ask for. No more leakage, yeah. It's all you can ask for. <laughs> well, folks, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day, which is why we give it 24 hours in advance. Hopefully, you'll give us a call on the Phoenix line at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. Of course, you can chime in live on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just click into the live video there and comment with your choice or your story or whatever it may be and of course as we do in the next segment uh, once we get through all of your interaction you can join us live on the stereo app at stereo.com forward slash phoenix media today's topic is you fired you fired when were you hilariously ridiculously brutally fired from a job we want to hear about it what stemmed this was uh, jesse and i were watching friends last week and there was a uh, episode where phoebe starts working for a uh, uh, teleconference basically a uh, mail order um, uh, toner business and uh, jesse just sort of out of the blue goes uh, i got fired from a mail order business which i had no idea apparently back in the day she used to take calls from a um, clothing mail order catalog and was so bad at it that uh, not only did they let her go, but uh, when she had all of her stuff in her box and she was walking out to, uh, you know, to leave to the car, whatever it was, the bottom of the box 
spilled open, all of her stuff went everywhere. And of course, you know, as you do after you've gotten fired and something like that has happened, <laughs> she broke down and uh, I feel so bad for her, even though I didn't even know her when that happened. So, <laughs> so that's what we're looking for. When were you brutally or hilariously fired? Uh, Tony, do you have any uh, firing stories to share? No, I've never been fired. So I don't, I don't know what it's like. I know I've quit jobs. I've hilariously just left jobs, but I've never, I've never been like, okay, turn in your keys. You're out of here. So, mm-hmm. um, the closest thing that ever came to that was Hollywood Video when I had all, all my buddies working there and then two of them decided uh, when I was uh, so at the time I was a manager and who who the hell has a manager at like 17 years old you right. know yeah stupid so I'm in the back doing counting and that's they didn't have the video cameras and I won't say their names but those two dudes they were out in the back and they were stealing dreamcasts and all kinds of crap from the uh, back door and then uh, one of the guys parents caught so the two guys lived together and then the parent of one of them asked one of the guys where he got it and he goes oh well uh so then it was reported that they stole so when they came up missing on my shift they couldn't prove it but because those guys were stealing on my shift they had asked me um, they said, well, you know, you're not fired, but uh, we're going to have you have your choice. You could either turn in your keys or you can go. So uh, it was kind of in a way, I guess it was the closest thing I had. They never said I was fired. They just gave me the <laughs> ultimatum. I could I could go on my own terms or I was never going to take my keys from me. So that's what led me to uh, teleperformance where I met my uh, future ex-wife and uh led me here and led me on my journey was was probably that moment i mean i remember being pissed off because it wasn't my fault right you know i had no control that those dudes were stealing i wasn't but those dudes were out the back door jacking product and stuff and there's how would i know i'm not there watching them and there's no cameras so exactly but but that's the end of my hollywood video career yeah. Well, so you were about that close to being fired. And, you know, they asked close. You yeah, if you wanted close, to take the high road out. But uh, no. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you were mentioning the teleperformance. And uh, I I had a fun quitting story with that one just in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it got to the point where enough was it enough. Led to both of us working there together, too. Yeah. yeah. You should share that story. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been fired. I've. I've never heard the words you're fired. I've so. ne- yeah, I've never been fired, but in that case, uh, you know, it was lunchtime. I told Tony, "Hey, you know, I'll I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab some lunch." <laughs> Peeled out of the parking lot, never came back. <laughs> you bastard, I knew you were leaving too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I wasn't I trying to good, hide it. I got all. one good thing from the two good things from that job. I uh had the good memories of you and I like purposely trying to sabotage our call. We, you and I tried to get fired from that. We did. Job, remember yep. your mom, your mom wouldn't let you quit. My mom wouldn't let me quit. And uh, we did everything. I mean, we like, there was some no call, no shows. There was blatantly hanging up on the customer. Uh, you and I both got recorded on there, like being goofballs to, the customer like we had to sell 
burpees garden seeds and what was it flying stream magazine or something like that yeah (laughs) and i remember christian was in the middle of a sale and i would reach over and i'm like it's a scam (laughs) and then he would reach over during one of my sales and he would hit the hang up button (laughs) right when i was in the middle i'm like all right now all i need is that credit card click and i'm like no yeah we did uh, so everything we could to try and get fired but uh it, we couldn't no, it didn't happen so no but what we are talking about is you're fired we want to know from you guys when were you fired ridiculously brutally whatever it may be so uh, we are headed into our commercial break but when we come back it is all about you guys head over to our facebook page or join us on the stereo app when we come back we'll be talking to you See you guys soon. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. Now, if you want to chime in, head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video there and uh, go ahead and comment with a hilarious way or brutal way that you were fired or stick around when we open up the stereo app. You can chat with us live. Just get into that queue there uh, by going to Stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. Now, Tony, uh, I know you reached out to our usual super fans. Have any of them been fired? And if they have, were they uh, ridiculous or brutal? So I have reached out to them. Um, our friend Stacy never been fired, so she's in the same boat as us. Um, Lacey, uh, so after I spent a year at keeping my boss's salon running while she was dealing with her son being a preemie. She demoted me via text when I came back to work while Bella was still in the hospital for also being a preemie. She replaced me with one of my good friends and her BFF, her BFF who had once quit by sneaking sneaking into the shop at night and taking all of her stuff and all the other stylists a few years before I started there. A few months in, I asked for a day off because Michael had surprised me with concert tickets. They threw a fit, and I pointed out it was crap because Jess, the boss's BFF, would leave almost every day for hours at a time. I worked my ass off that week, and on the end of the day that Saturday, they sat me down and let me go. I never heard a word from my actual boss, and the last time I ever heard from her was the day uh, she sent her a message when her dad passed away. That's really shitty. That that's, really uh, is. <clears throat> you know, and that's... I feel bad for you, Lace. I mean, you're better off now. You're in a much better place. But what... You know, that to me is just... When you work for... I can't say that you and I ever worked for mom. I can't speak for you. I, I've never worked for a mom and pop place. It's always been like a little bit of a corporate or a chain. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I just couldn't imagine working for a mom and pop place and being treated like that's pretty crappy. No, I but mean, it sounds especially when you show dedication and all that. It's frustrating. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you're probably better off, Lacey, for no longer working there, no longer having that person be your boss. And, uh, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, even though it was a, a crappy way to uh, be let go. Absolutely. And then Michael said he's never really been let go. It's more of a layoff, but he was working at a sports card shop and he worked there. He worked at right after high school, but they couldn't afford to keep the extra employees, so they had to let him go. But what a cool job, though, working in a card shop. That would have been cool. Back in yeah. the day? Heck yeah, man. That would have been a lot of fun. Kind of like the video store. That I was, was going to say, you know, we worked at the movie theaters in the video store, which, you know, a lot of people think the same thing. Oh, it would have been so cool to work there, which, yeah, actually it was. <laughs> which crazy is you and I worked together at Northgate Movies. We worked together at Hollywood Video, and we worked together at... Sh- shitty teller performance <laughs> we like two of those can you guess the uh, third one we did yeah could you guess the two jeez exactly um it's funny mike said he spent just as much time in there after he wasn't working so <laughs> free labor a great, yeah card shops are great uh jamie anna she chimed in and she's never been fired but she wanted to share a story of one, she said she's seen coworkers fired for some crazy stuff. Um, at one restaurant, a girl pretended like she lost, and and she got she lost her wallet book. It got stolen. It, she either lost her, or it got stolen, is what she said. She said so pretty much like three to four hundred dollars in cash in it, but she collaborated with the kitchen guy to take it so they could split the cash. Ugh. So she did it so they would give her the money, like, oh my God, somebody took my wallet, I need it. But yeah, that's pretty elaborate, dude. That's yeah. uh But it sounds like they were they caught deserved a f- and luckily somebody yeah. told them You're fired. Yeah, that should be one like hilarious times your coworkers have been fired. Because yeah, yeah, like, I have a lot of I've seen people throughout my careers at Costco get fired for some of the dumbest things you wouldn't believe. <laughs> well, maybe we'll Seriously. revisit it down the line. And uh, you yeah, know. but as far as that goes, but it's good to know that our listeners um, have not had to experience too much of that. Except poor Lacey, that one's that one's frustrating. I don't even know that lady. I just feel like like Christian said, you're better off. So exactly, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see how this. Uh, the radio app fires up today for this. Well, you know, Tony mentioned it, so we might as well roll into a little stereo app roulette. And uh, again, folks, if you do want to chime in live via voice, head over to stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. It'll put you in queue uh, here with us. So uh, let's go ahead and go on into it. All right, going live, looking for our first. How are you doing? Wow. wow. All right. <laughs> Hear about now, Scotty Dent. All right, let's go with our second one. How are you doing today? You're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Good, good. So we're talking about times that uh, maybe you were hilariously, ridiculously, or brutally fired from your job. Do you have a story you'd like to share? Of course. Um, one time I was younger than I am now. I was still young. I'm like 27, around that age. So, uh, one time I walked out of this guy's house, you know, out of the yard, 
you know, doing some war forms like a little cat on the side, as you might know. I had a job tied to job working at the guy's yard working at a bar. I was, you know, you know, down now. And the guy with one yard was a bitch to me every single time. So I thought you about maybe about one, two years before I ask him for like, you know, a raise. Okay. I figured he's gonna be bitch to me. I'm gonna ask him for a raise, take money out of him. Just to get just get money and make sure I mean see you gonna get money, I'll y'all let me bitch me, I don't care anymore. Cause I feel like I I've been, you know, paid on by my sister and a lot of people that I know over my, over the years. So mostly I'm kinda of used to being yelled at and, you know, in trouble or whatever. But this guy bitched me for no reason at all. So I waited about a few days and I told him, Sir, I don't mind, you know, working for you, but I need a raise. And you're like, you fucking motherfucker, what do you think you need a raise? Why am I paying you ten bucks ten ten bucks an hour? I said, Man, ten bucks an hour ain't, ain't enough. I'm, I'm trying to walk forward. I'm trying to walk towards the house, towards the car. My family needs support. I can't do $10. I ain't going to help me out much. So after, after about uh, two days later, he never gave the raise. And I started cussing him out. That's how he fired. He fired me. Oh. I said, I don't, I don't care, fucker. I got, I got a job. I got to work and boil my mother. I don't <laughs> care. I give it back. I give it back. That's all I do. I do your house. <laughs> well, we we appreciate. So, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I had to go. I, I had to go. Wow. You <laughs> you wrote, wrote that longer than I thought you were. <laughs> Can we go down the short one? F bomb. It was hard to understand. Well, we we are moving on. Uh, you're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Good. So we're talking times that uh, you know maybe you were hilariously or brutally fired from a job. Any short uh, story you'd like to share with us? Apparently not. All right. <laughs> hey, well, I didn't mean to hit the physical type button, <laughs> but maybe that scared him. There you go. Yeah, um, and it is searching for somebody. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. How are you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix radio show. Or not. Need at least one one more good one. How are you doing today? Hello. Hi. So we, we are talking time that you were maybe brutally ridiculously even hilariously fired from a job uh, any story you'd like to share with us no <laughs> i'm sorry just new in this uh, social network and i'm trying to figure it out <laughs> hey not a problem well drop us <laughs> drop us a follow and hopefully uh, you know you can join us a little bit later on uh, when you uh, get a little better sense of it all right uh, maybe one more Come on. No whammy, no whammy. No whammies. Come on. Boy, struggling looking for people today. Today is a tough one, yeah. It is. Yeah, maybe something about Tuesday. Hmm. <laughs> How are you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix radio show. Hello? 
Hello. Hello. Hi. So Hi. We're talking. Hey, what's up? We're talking about a time that maybe you were ridiculously or brutally fired from a job. Any story you'd like to share with us? Oh my God, that's a crazy. I almost got fired when I was like 14. I was working for my town at a day camp, and the first day of work, there was this little Korean boy. Right? He didn't speak no English. He only knew how to say, "Can I go home?" Right? All right. And then like, <laughs> so then he just kept saying, "Can I go home?" We're like, "Fuck no, little kid. Your mama's coming." And then at the end of the day, when we're just sitting down with all the kids, I see my boss walking towards me holding this little thing in hand. And she was just like, yeah. And that's where we got to cut it out there. So, <laughs> Kids, she said jigga. Like, uh, get jiggy with it. Yeah. You never know what you're yeah. going to get. But <laughs> yeah. uh, Friday, you are right. That was a live one. That was like, at first I go, <laughs> yes, she said the F word. Uh and we apologize, she did drop the N-word, but it's unfortunately the live aspect, which most of the times is pretty funny, but yeah, she went on a little rant, and I was a little worried when she said the little Korean boy, I'm like, yeah, where's this going? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, because at first I'm like, she sounds so sweet, and then, nope. Not so <laughs> much. Nope. <laughs> but, you know, there, there are certain words we'll accept. That one is certainly not one of them. Yeah, but uh, you drop the end bomb, you're gone. Exactly. You get like one F, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for the interactive portion of the show, which you truly never, never know what you're going to get. When we come back, we've got a segment called Truth in Advertising. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything, including our call-in topic of the day, which we like to give 24 hours in advance. That number, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O. Or 855-336-4973. For the alphanumerically impaired, all we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, tomorrow's topic is podcast Sharapalooza. What podcasts are you listening to, besides ours, of course, that uh, you just can't get enough of? We want to know about it. We want to hear, uh, you know, is it entertaining? Is it, uh, you know, one of these murder mystery podcasts? Is it, uh, you know, what is it? We want to know. So that's what we're talking about tomorrow. Just be sure not to drop the N-bomb because uh, that doesn't fly with us. No, we apologize. When we use uh, our stereo app, we don't know what's going to come through. Obviously, we're not regulated by the FCC, but we don't want to offend anyone on this show. So uh, on behalf of that little idiot, uh, we apologize. That, Absolutely. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was brief, but there's no delays and there's no reason f- to use that uh, to use that word. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. Just because so we're not... With that being said... Like we like to have a good time, funny. You drop the occasional f bomb. That's haha. When you start start dropping racial slurs, we're not putting up with that crap. We're exactly. done with that. Exactly. So, so uh, again, we apologize, but you know what? We move on to the lighter side of things. As we mentioned, we are your daily dose of laughs and levity. So uh, you know, let's get back like to the laughs and levity. Guy. 
There's your laughs and levities. <laughs> F. B. He was from the deep south. Deep yeah, I south. wish this. If we had the, uh, if we would have had the Johnny Depp, uh, Charlie, soundbite. What little kid you're mumbling? Still mumbling. Well, folks, let's go ahead and roll into our next segment, which I've titled Truth in Advertising, where we're looking at uh, brand slogans, basically what they should be if they were actually honest. So, uh, Tony, I'm going to run these down, see if uh, you agree or disagree. But for the most part, they're pretty hilarious. So uh, let's start with our very first one. The brand is Internet Explorer. Their brand slogan should be the best browser for downloading Chrome. That's the fact, Jack! Who uses Internet Explorer anymore, right? <clears throat> no one. Like anymore, I think you have uh, you have Chrome uh, and Microsoft Edge. I think they've done away and they've tried to call it Microsoft Edge. They did. They tried um, rebranding. It's the same thing. It's still Internet Explorer. There's Firefox as well, but uh, still much better than Microsoft's built-in. No, it's funny you use that's the fact, Jack, soundbite. I happen to be... Uh, I turned on the radio yesterday morning and KBPI was on and they were using that same soundbite. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, they were they were talking about random facts and they kept using that same soundbite. They used, that's the fact, Jack. And then there's just a little snippet after that, whatever he says. I and, think we might need to uh, collect some royalties yeah. there. Yeah, there. Yeah. Thanks, Bill, Bill Murray. Like, <laughs> you don't get any of those. <laughs> well, let's keep moving on with truth in advertising, brand slogans, at least what they should be. The next one is Ikea. Visit for the meatballs. Stay because you can't find your way out. That's the fact, Jack! <laughs> oh, so true. I love Ikea. That's, uh, uh, I know Mike and Lacey love going with me to Ikea for the random things that the I leave. <laughs> In the in the doll section there, um, <laughs> no seriously though that store you got to go one way man. So you get to the food court, you're at the halfway point, but then do you go downstairs? Like yeah, you got to really follow the pattern because that yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite a, a trip. It's a labyrinth, but in the middle isn't a minotaur. It's Swedish meatballs. So it yeah, is nice little yeah. nice little trade off there. Let's keep rolling on, talking truth in advertising, brand slogans, or at least what they should be. For instance, Friskies, cat food, slogan should be... What got into that cat? 42 flavors your cat won't eat. That's the fact, Jack! Don't have a cat, but I know they're picky. (laughs) Yeah, never owned a cat either, but uh, Mike and Lacey, or especially Lacey, you have to let us know if your cats eat the Friskies, because I don't know. I just don't know. I had a dream last night I had a cat. Kind of strange. All right. Yeah, it was random. Yeah. You can bite uh, any one of 42 varieties of uh, Friskies to not have it eat, at least in your dream. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Let's keep rolling on. Talking truth in advertising, brand slogans, at least what they should be. This one, uh, nail on the head. Facebook, making it easier to stalk people since 2004. That's the fact, Jack. Sand Patrol! <laughs> Sad but true. Yeah, man. This is uh, this is why I have to come up with the radio moniker because I can't. I'm not opening up my Facebook for everybody. Right. <laughs> um, just just because you just never know, man. But it's not like I put all my personal info in there. But some people really, do. Yeah, some people put everything. Phone numbers, like. But if yeah, if you want to see what town you're in, if you got to be real careful what you put on there because. 
Because once it's in there, all you have to do is Google, and then your stuff is right there. So it's there forever, no matter how much yeah. you delete it. Some it's sitting in a server somewhere. Delete. And, uh, yep. Exactly. A good slogan, though. Totally. Speaking of good slogans, we're talking truth in advertising. What brand slogans should be? For instance, Trojan condoms, one hundred thousand times cheaper than kids. That's the fact, Jack. Bill Murray had. I mean, that was the perfect response. That uh, is the fact, Jack. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. They had, they, had the rant, they had such a good jingle. Even when you were a kid, you didn't know what it was. Like, Trojan when you were little, little. man. <laughs> dum, dum. I thought it was a USC thing. Apparently not. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Let's keep rolling on. Truth in advertising, brand slogans, at least what they should be. This one for the show, one of your favorites, Tone, The Simpsons. We don't predict the future. The problems of the 90s were just never fixed. I don't know. I still think that they predict the future. That's the fact, well, Jack! The one with the, with the, one of the best ones was the Donald Trump one yeah. with him going up the escalator in that Simpsons and they did the same thing, like in real life. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty close. There are so many. In fact, that might be Excellent. a fun, fun topic to cover is times that uh, the Simpsons accurately predicted the future. Yeah. I'm going to have to add they that to good. my good. Yeah. Good uh, stuff. Rolling on, truth in advertising. Brand slogans, what they should be. For instance, Nike, let's face it, you're not going to actually do it. That's the fact, Jack! It's true. No, they, they do say just do it, but it's not true. I wear Nikes. I still can't figure out what the hell I'm going to do when my lease is up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wear Nike stuff all the time. I just... I know it says just do it, but just do what? There's a lot of options. Should, a lot of stuff on the table, Nike. Should be Nike. Just consider it. Lacey <laughs> <laughs> um, does not feed her cat Friskies, just the good stuff. So okay. that's saying that's a burn on uh, Friskies. Yep. We'll get into that cat Friskies. Yeah, as far as I can tell, Friskies is bar bottom of the barrel cat food. So probably better that uh, you don't feed it. All right, uh, moving on. We're talking truth in advertising. Brands with uh, slogans that should be true. For instance, Twitter ruined someone's career because they made a bad joke eight years ago. That's the oh. fact, Jack. And that goes truth. back to what we were saying. It, it lives forever on social media. You put it there once, yep. even if you were trying to be funny and you don't expect times to change the way that they have, it's still there. Oh, good for you. I'm glad Twitter and stuff wasn't around when we were younger. Oh, thank God. No, because you remember Facebook used to be that way. It used to be just you posted a status. Yeah. That was all yeah. you did. There was nothing else to it, just a status. Yeah, not pictures, not videos. I can't no wait links. for the concert tonight. I always get reminded of those like really cheesy ones I posted in like 2009 when I joined <laughs> in 10. Dude, that's another Volbeat show. Woo! <laughs> Although I miss those, I, I would love a Bull Beach show. Oh, I would it's love been, any live show. It's right been now. a long, it's been a long time. Uh, Mike went to one last night. He saw Otherwise. Oh, very cool. Yeah, right. he took uh, Bella. Yeah, all right. Her first rock show. <laughs> well, let's keep rolling on. Talking truth in advertising, brand slogans, what they would be if they were truthful. This one I love. Hot pockets. Every bite is a different temperature. That's the fact, Jack. It's, it's true. so true. It doesn't matter if you put it in the stupid little folding thing. 
that it requires, it always like, and I hate Hot Pockets for the sense that it's so damn hot from the first couple bites, like right. burn your tongue hot because you listen to the stupid box. And then like the back end is hot, but that middle, it's iceberg. Ice yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, dude, it doesn't matter what microwave you have. It's the same shit from start to finish, which is why I got away from eating Hot Pockets. They're not breathtaking. <laughs> Dr. Evil lied to us. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they, if they, when they do cook out, they're not terrible in a pinch, but. But good see, luck. The ice. Yep. Yeah. Good luck Good with luck that. cooking it through, man. Oh, and then finally, in truth and advertising, brand slogans, if they were truthful, target when you'll pay a little more not to shop at Walmart. That's the fact. Truth. 100% truth. People don't mind paying the extra few because they don't have to go to Walmart. Exactly. I'm, I'm right there with them. Well, folks, that does it for this segment of Truth in Advertising. When we come back, we are headed into the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, and we made it to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Oh, no. <laughs> Boy, you just doomed us and took off, right? You went running. Freaking knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, which is why we do this segment each and every day at the end of the show. We like to drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in history. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, kicking off this day in history, this day in 1560, Giovanni, son of Italian mathematician Geralmo Cardano, is executed for poisoning his wife despite his father's efforts to save him. Fatality. How does a mathematician mm. save his son from murder? Yeah, if I calculate correctly, I will be able to save you. Even though you tried to kill your wife, you're probably going to die. But don't worry, I'm going to try to save you. Bazinga. <laughs> Moving on, he this, day, this day in lied. 1742, George Friedrich Hansel's or Oratorio Leper Messiah, oh no, just Messiah, performed for the <laughs> first time at New Music Hall in Dublin. <laughs> Bow to Leper Messiah! I'd assume that sounds pretty close to what it actually <laughs> with, was. With the cotton hair, the, the people watching are like, what the hell was that? <laughs> um, George Frederick Hansel, he's got like this cloud of hair. It looks like he stuck his head in a cloud. It's just this cloud, and he's got like this big chin with the Peter Griffin chin. So he's got like, he's got, like the big extra down there. 
I would imagine that's how he's saying. (laughs) Fair enough. Unfortunately, we can't go back to that time, so we don't know for sure. But uh, let's move on. This day in 1796, the Battle of Millesimo, Italy. Napoleon's forces defeat allied armies of Austria and of the Kingdom of Sardinia, Piedmont. Of course, we all know how he celebrated. He headed over to Farrell's, got himself a piggly wiggly trough. Excellent! All right, uh, moving on this day in 1868, Abyssinian War ends as British and Indian troops capture Magdala and Ethiopian Emperor Tewodros II, uh, and apparently he commits suicide upon that uh, conquering, which is, uh, it's sad, but it's part of our history. Look at that guy. Ha ha ha. He's on the ground. Ha 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 ha. Look at our hats, troops. Ha ha ha. They're like stormtroopers, but better. <laughs> Tony is verbalizing the illustration that accompanied it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's roll on this day in 1869. Nice. Steam power brake is patented by George Westinghouse. Every time his name pops up, is he the same Westinghouse that in, uh, makes cheap televisions and microwaves that uh, they sell at Walmart? I think or so. Or CVS. In fact... Somebody tried to return. I thought they actually did return. It was like a Westinghouse baking kit thing. Uh, it was a fryer. It was a Westinghouse fryer. They they tried to return it, and we said no, so they left it in our parking lot. So that's <laughs> what was back. I thought it was a, a return. I'm like, how in the hell did we take this back? But you know, well, it wasn't, thank God. But we have to ship any electronic stuff has to get shipped back. So. Based on how cheap those products are, I don't know how much I'd trust a uh, steam-powered brake from them. No, yeah. no. Let's keep rolling on. This day in 1904, U.S. Congress authorizes a Lewis and Clark Expedition $1 gold coin. That would be uh, something I'd like to have my hands on these days. Oh, yeah. That's good. Lewis and Clark, man. Those dudes. Little exhibitioners. <laughs> they like to travel. They went on expeditions. That they did. That they did. With Sacachuia, who got a knockoff $1 gold coin. Yeah. Sacachuia. Oddly enough. Let's keep moving on. This day in 1954, Milwaukee Braves' Hank Aaron's first game. Of course, we know he went on to become the uh, home run leader for a period of time, surpassing uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah, he did. Hank Aaron, hell of a player and the backyard neighbor to the kids in the sandlot. Uh, it sounded amazingly like James Earl Jones. Yes, it was so weird. <laughs> Rolling on this day in 1954, physicist and father of the atomic bomb Robert Oppenheimer is accused of being a communist. Ooh, Ooh. If he actually was a communist, uh, that would be terrifying considering that uh, what he could do with his knowledge. Yeah, yeesh. Way to go, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Moving on, this day in 1963, Pete Rose triples for his first Major League base hit. And it still perplexes me that he's not even considered for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Nope, but you can find him in Las Vegas signing every every day, I think. He, he likes he's signing, that's for guy. sure. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him a couple of times in Vegas just randomly. But again, it's it's one of those things like MLB happy to honor his records happy to do all that but you can't be in the hall of fame which is why i always say as much as i love the mlb hall of fame's kind of a joke it is yeah you know i don't mean to be mean but it's just true some of their standards and crap is just 
you just sh- I shake my head. Well, the fact you that still ho- you still honor these records. Why honor the records if you're not going to honor the person that did those records? Well, and, just, it's a double standard. Like I was saying, just the fact that they didn't induct anybody last year goes to show yeah, they're not really taking things seriously. No. I'm sorry. It should be based on a lot of what they do. Like, if you go back, I know, like, McGuire and Bonds, they won't get in. But if you look before they juiced, I mean, they were still hitting the ball, man. They were still MVPs and things like that. They just kept their career elevated by doing things they probably shouldn't have done. But the early stuff, man, they were – you go back and look at that stuff. I can go on baseball rants for a while. Well, so and I, I still say that baseball would be more entertaining if they let everybody juice. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just a lot of home runs, man. Come yeah. play a course field. <laughs> well, let's keep rolling on. This day in 1994, asteroid 7373 Takei is discovered and named after Star Trek actor George Takei. Oh, my. Yeah, oh, my, indeed. I didn't have the soundbite for that one. I could look it up, but I would just, yours was just perfect. <laughs> and that's an awesome honor to uh, bestow somebody who was so part of science fiction and space, naming a uh, asteroid after him. I, I, yep, as long as that asteroid wasn't about to destroy Earth, then yeah, it's a hell of a, <clears throat> it's a nice way to be honored. Exactly. Could you, uh, could you imagine if asteroid Takai was the one that uh, hit Earth and caused <laughs> catastrophic events? Yeah, that, that would suck to be named after. Oh, my. <laughs> Moving on this day in 2004, Barry Bonds hits his 661st career home run, passing his godfather, Willie Mays, on the MLB all-time list. And, of course, we know that he would go even further with that, becoming the leader in a highly contested battle between him and Sammy Sosa. Oh, that was a fun year in baseball, man. Oh, I'm sorry. That yeah. it was. And then finally, this date in 2015, Avengers Age of Ultron, directed by Joss Whedon, starring Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, and Jeremy Renner premieres in Los Angeles. Great movie, great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of course, Joss Whedon is dealing with his own demons right now, but, uh, you know, luckily we got the uh, best of him before uh, Hollywood cancels him, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I got a feeling you can be canceled for a while. But hey, we got we got the Avengers out of that, and good memories of going to Hall H that uh, during that time, the year before that. Yeah, so. yeah, no fun movie and worth going back and, and checking out. Well, folks, it really does. It holds up well. Before we head out for the day, let's run down some of today's holidays, where we talk about the things that we like well, to celebrate. For instance, I can't even believe that this is a holiday. It is International Be Kind to Lawyers Day. Oh, nah. are we hurting their feelings? Those blood-sucking lawyers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you got Jim Carrey as your lawyer. Right. You don't, you don't need to be that kind. That is blue. Mr. Reed. <laughs> it is International Functional Neurological Disorder Awareness Day. Boy, I almost had a functional neurological disorder just trying to read that. It is National Library Workers Day. I didn't know those okay. things still exist. It is National Make Lunch Count Day. Tony, make your lunch count today. Bye, it will be good today. It is, over it is National Thomas Jefferson Day. and uh, Moving on up to the east side. <laughs> It is National Scrabble Day. Different Jefferson. 
I know. I know. Uh, Scrabble's it's his a, birthday today. Scrabble's a good yeah. one to play. Maybe bust out those words with friends. And then finally, it is National Peach Cobbler Day, which sounds uh, delicious. Those are one of the few fruity desserts that I actually enjoy. Well, folks, that does it for today's episode. We will be back tomorrow on a Wednesday with Words Are Hard Wednesday. So enjoy your Tuesday, folks. Go ahead and uh, play some Scrabble, eat some peach cobbler, visit the library, and we will see you all tomorrow. Peace!